This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome in another edition of the Spare Time Bowling Show, another Wednesday evening performance on the podcast. Steve Sparky Fiverr with you. Check out all the interviews I do over there at 1250amthefan.com. Lots and lots of Brewer stuff up there right now if you want to check that out. Dwight Albright of the Spare Time Pro Shop. Follow him on Twitter at Dewey300. Phil Brilo, my guy, over there at Brew City Bowling on Twitter, $2 Phil. Uh, I, I have a question to start off the show that was asked of me by... Uh, one of my friends. Now, we will talk about Kyle Troop and the uh, Just Bear uh, PBA yeah. Indiana Classic. We're going to talk about the PBA Elite League uh, and the updated standings there. Phil's got some good uh, stories on uh, a promising future and how things are going out in Delaware as the PBA is uh, over there right now. Uh, but before we get to all of that, this is a just a standard generic bowling question. So my lifelong buddy, who I've been friends with since kindergarten, took up bowling here in the last year or so. I went out and apparently bought a bowling ball, this whole thing. This is all news to me, by the way, in the last couple of months that he actually is doing this now. Um, So he started bowling and doing all this thing. Well, he was at a uh, bowling facility, uh, I guess it was this last week uh, or so, uh, and part of the ball uh, is now chipped, uh, I believe is, is how he put it. Um, because of the machines and so forth. I had two thoughts on this. My first thought was this is probably never going to, this probably won't happen maybe as much, or maybe it will happen as much, um, you know, going forward with these string pins, but you're still going to have the ball returns. And that's probably where this is happening for the most part. Anyhow, so you're probably still going to have that. My question is what is standard protocol for a bowling alley uh, when somebody's ball is chipped, Dwight? Mm-hmm. Uh, as long as you have contact with metal um, and the more metal on the machines, the chance that it will get chipped. Um, most bowling centers will have signs at the counter saying not responsible for damage done to bowling balls. Uh, we have that at New Berlin Bowl. Uh, Tracy, our owner, though, uh, actually has me do the ball repair uh, for the center, uh, and we do it for the league bowlers only. Oh, okay, that's good. So if you're in yeah. league there, uh, do you charge full price then for getting it taken care of, or does the bowling center take care of the cost for repairing it? The bowling center takes care of the cost. Oh, um, that but, should make them happy then, league bowlers, yes. I would think. Um, but, uh, I mean, we're pretty reasonably priced. Uh, a nick is $5 uh, to plug it, and then a resurfacing would be $40. That's still um, not if, bad. If, if the ball needs to be completely refinished. We also remember, I, 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 I can't thank Mark enough, but 
we have one of the best Romanian mechanics in the city, where Mark Van Teufel, uh, and he keeps that place running very well. So our amount of ball damage is very small. Yeah, that's great. So I just figured that was something that probably comes up from time to time. People listen to the podcast or new bowlers don't know what to do when the ball gets nicked or chipped or whatever the case may be. At this facility, um, he said they gave him uh, a slip of paper to go to. They must have a deal with a pro shop somewhere else, I right. guess. Uh, and they sent him to a pro shop somewhere else um, to go get the ball essentially repaired. And I don't think he's going to have to pay for it. They're going to cover the cost of the bill. You're in the benefit of being in the same house. Uh, of where damage would occur, so you would take care of it. I would assume that's pretty standard practice, Phil, that more times than not, if you're a league bowler, it's probably covered by the house. Yeah, and especially because it's so rare. I mean, it's just normal wear and tear, getting rolled around or whatever. Even inside your bowling bag, you get those little small, tiny, yep. micro, you know, nicks on your bowling ball, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, if it's something where it's, it, it, it's kind of big and it's either going to be like, on a thumb hole, sometimes a piece of metal will get, you know, caught when the ball's going to the ball return and cracks the thumb hole or somewhere. It's going to be discomfort, uncomfortable for somebody to throw it. Yeah, then it should be fixed and it should be, in that case, paid for by the bowling center. I can see why they protect themselves against non-league players. Somebody just come in with a bowling ball, they bought a rummage sale. Hey, I got this. You know, and it's all chipped and worn and, and garbage and all of a sudden, oh, look at what your machine did to my ball. I want a new ball. Right. and. You know, so I can see why they do that. The difference between open play and league play, too. But mm-hmm. I mean, Dwight, the, the amount of bowling ball damage that happens now with these with these reactive resins as compared to uh, polyesters back in the day, it's I mean, it's not any any more or any less really that you're seeing, is it? No, uh, it's yeah. really not. When resin came out, uh, it really lost a lot of its durability, uh, but it gained performance. Um, remember, resin is a urethane ball with a chemical. Yeah. And so um, what we ended up seeing when that chemical was added, the balls became a lot more fragile. So are you seeing more than chips and nicks coming out of these resin balls or no? Yes. Uh, they will chip and nick as easy oh. as polyester. Phil hit it right in the head. Okay. Yeah, but not but not more. Probably right about not, the same then. Not more. Not uh, more. Okay. Again, it doesn't matter what material the ball is made out of, including urethane. You're throwing it 15 miles an hour against a piece of metal. The metal's going to yeah. win. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. Makes sense. All right, let's get to uh, recapping the Just Bear PBA Indiana Classic. Uh, and it, interesting, uh, Dwight uh, had sent this to us uh, right before we started. Jeff Riggles uh, had tweeted out on his 11thframe.com website, big number for an FS1 PBA show for Sunday show. Uh, 2024 Just Bear PBA Indiana Classic, again, sets highest viewership for PBA show on FS1 since 2021. Right. Now, obviously, we'll get into talking about what all happened, but it helps when Kyle Troop is on TV, uh, and it helps probably uh, in, in similar fashion when EJ Tackett uh, is on TV as well. But when Troop is further down the stepladder and is winning and advancing, you're not losing viewers. You know what I mean? The first match uh, that we'll get into here shortly, nobody cared about um, other than family members of those two bowlers. Uh, but once you get past that first that first match, then you start talking about, okay, now let's see if we can bring the casuals in. And Kyle Troop with his flashy blue and yellow uh, outfit that he had on and the whole deal kind of felt like Brewer colors a little bit watching it from Milwaukee. Uh, that that kind of that that helped him. That 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 I, I think held him a little bit. And popularity of the PBA obviously is picking up as well. Dwight. At first, when I read it, I was like, I was going to ask you guys one word question: why? And then it started to come to me that 
could it possibly have been Saturday night? It was a Saturday night show. Primetime Saturday night because Saturday night yeah. brought in a lot more viewership. Most of the time, I'm just talking from a media standpoint here, right? So I'm not talking from what you watch on TV on Saturday. And I'm just saying from our perspective, uh, Saturday night is a, is a death zone. Yeah. Uh, more times than not. Friday night, uh, you're a little bit better off Friday night. People work. Maybe they don't necessarily go out as much Friday night. Saturday night, though, man, people got babysitters and people are out and doing their thing. Because Sunday night, right. you're back home again. We're getting ready for the work week. Saturday night is somewhere where, you know, things go to die, you know, but they still want to air. So when you get put in a Saturday night time, you're not exactly overly excited, or at least I don't think I would be if I was a PBA tour. Uh, right. But either way, you're still bringing numbers. I mean, my God, they were going against the NFL at noon central time for the longest yeah. time on ESPN. That is yes. Saturday night. In my opinion, still better than, than going up against yep. the NFL on a Sunday yep. at noon, trying to maintain, you know, you, okay. So it's going to come from NFL Sunday countdown and ESPN into you. Okay. You might hold, you know, a few viewers if their game doesn't kick off and if they're the second game or their game doesn't go to Monday night or something, but everybody else with a noon slate kickoff, which is a majority of the league. Boop, there you go off to the game. I go and you lose everybody. Yeah. At least here, you're competing with college basketball right now. That's right. it. That's all you're going to yeah. do. With. There's no baseball. It's just college basketball. So from a sports perspective, I guess NHL hockey and NBA basketball. Um, but even then, again, it's Saturday night. It's 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 tough. That's why when, when you get numbers like he's talking about, if you're Tom Clark, you're smiling from ear to ear. And if yeah. you're Fox, you're smiling from ear to ear that you got the contract that you got, Phil. Can you imagine if all the couples leagues bowlers had their bowling centers turned on FS1 on a Saturday night uh, when they're bowling season? I hear you. That I, number I would be gonna... even a lot more higher, too. I mean, I that's, gonna, yeah. it's kind of a prime time for bowling. It is Saturday yes. night for people that are involved in bowling. And I'm I proud guarantee to say, you, go ahead. Yeah, there's, I guarantee you there's probably half the bowling centers around here, around us in the Milwaukee area, that probably didn't have FS1 on on Saturday night during the couples leagues. It's kind we of had, disappointing. We had every TV at the bowling alley on the pro show uh, on the pro tour, every TV on the concourse. Whose call was that? Uh, I mentioned it to the counter guy about putting one of the TVs on <laughs> and <laughs> My boy so I could at least, so I could at least watch it. Yeah. Um, but, but he put them on every TV, including around the bar. I was very yeah. proud. Very, very proud. Papa moment, I guess, if you want to call it that. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, imagine what compete. the numbers would be. You weren't competing against anything either, were you? Bucks didn't play Saturday no, night. They no. played Sunday at noon. Right. So you really weren't competing against anything for somebody who wanted to come up and switch it over to unless they had money on a, a game or something. Yeah, but right. otherwise, you know, I doubted. I doubt they cared much. And to me, the thing I find interesting as we get sidetracked, you know, like always, what I want to know is, so you say couples leagues, right, Phil? Yeah. So yes. in your couples league, Dwight, Yes. When they're there in New Berlin, what's my demographic that we're talking about here? Is it younger, you know, 20s, 30s? Is it older? Uh, what what kind of age demo are we talking about here that uh, our, are there on a Saturday night? Sure. In our couples league, we have a few teams that are young people, uh, probably in um, middle to late 20s. Um, Good. We actually got a team in that was um, uh, Ashley's cousin. Uh, so we brought a whole team of them and this is their first year in a couples league ever and they happen to be in our couples league so we're uh, it's great to have them and then we have other people in the couples league that are probably plus 55 okay so you've got old. this you've got the spectrum range right so you've got you got a wide variety so i would love right. to know you know of those people that were watching that pba tour event 
And watching Kyle Troop dressed all crazy with his hair and the whole deal going on. There was a lot of talk, uh, yeah. And all of this. Right. That's what I'd love to know. Like, how right. many people were going, who's that dude? Or he's fun. Yeah. We, I, I would love yeah. to watch him again. Like, how much of that was going on? How many people now right. will make a point of looking for this the next time they're on or asking at the counter, hey, is PBA on tonight? Yeah, I wouldn't mind having that on while we go. I, I just wonder how much talk this generates and how many fans it brings in. The people that at least were around us were very educated. Um, and the people that were around us and the team that we bowled are, are very good bowlers, uh, both the men and the women. And there was a lot of chatter throughout the night on shot, uh, like the gutter ball from Marshall Kent. Everyone yeah. wanted not over to that. Uh, Troop uh, with his pants, uh, they did not like how the uh, pockets were on the pants. So there was comments on that. Oh um, so I didn't even look at the pockets on the pants. I don't even know what they're talking about. Right. Um, I went to the counter kid. I have to go to the bathroom, so I went to the counter kid. And I said, this is like a dream come true. A bowling alley <laughs> that has TV, bowling TV on every TV. I have now died and gone to heaven. That is amazing. But, but again, this could, it's so easy to do, Phil, uh, around the country. And it would help the PBA tremendously. Well, and along with that, if they're, most bowling centers nowadays are members of the Bowling Prize Association of America or the local one here in Wisconsin. And they receive bowl TV membership for free. They could just constantly run that on one TV in their center. They get one TV for that all the time. It doesn't cost them a penny and they can show the pro men and the pro women and high level amateur competition. Yeah. And nobody keeps a TV on with that either, unfortunately. No. And it wouldn't cost them penny one. Yeah, I, I totally agree. That's like when we were at the youth city uh, bowling tournament for uh, right. uh, Oak Creek or whatever. And we were, at a bowling center in West Dallas, and they didn't have bowling on the entire time we were there. Yeah, now right. I didn't see one TV with it on, and I was just like, "Man, man, all right then, I guess." Uh, but that's good though. I'm glad that you know couples yeah. league going on, and they got the the PBA Indiana Classic on. So let's talk about it. Uh, first yes. match uh, here uh, to talk about Zach Wilkins against Benji Martinez, uh, and I will say I didn't have much knowledge on either one of these two bowlers to be quite honest with both of you uh, coming into this thing so i pretty much had no rooting interest one way or the other i was just waiting for kyle troop to start bowling um to see which way we were going to go on this uh final score uh in that one 259 to 225 and i will say this about this tournament finally the scores have come back up yes and you heard i think it was randy peterson or was it john fanta i don't know one of them uh, said that uh, I think it was Kyle Troop mentioned that if somebody was going to shoot 300 on TV, this was going to be the week uh, mm-hmm. with this oil pattern. And everything was conducive for high scores this week on TV. And to be honest with you, I think the PBA needed uh, a week of high scores on TV, Dwight. I think the quote was PBA easy. I think what is what they said on TV. So the pros thought even though it was a pro shot, they called it PBA easy. Uh, Martinez, um, they made a comment uh uh, Benji about missing the scoring record uh, by three pins during the week. I was going to ask Phil if he knew, and we're trying to we're going to try to get Benji on a, in a future show. But if if Benji knew that he was only three pins away from the scoring record after his squad, well, there was he knew it during there was chatter going on during the squad from some of the social media I saw that he kind of knew what he needed going into the last game to get it, and he got close and. I mean, it's one of the longer standing records. I mean, you got Norm Duke and Dave Waka, who did it Big, in 92 and 95, respectively, yeah. uh, for that record. And Marshall Ken almost got through a few, you know, the next day. I mean, that Viper pattern with a good quality lane surface like they had at Dave Small's Championship Lanes, 
and Dave takes care of his machinery and his kickbacks. Yes. And uh, yeah, I'll tell you Great what, pins were, pins, were, pins were flying. Sometimes with the oil carry down with the Viper, there were some weird pinfalls during the week where pins would slide. Uh, I was doing the league stuff uh, last week in Anderson for the for the PB Elite Chronicles, and EJ Tackett had a wall shot that the five pin literally slid all the way off the pin deck through the tens through the ten spot that. and then fell. Yeah, I saw so, that clip. Yeah. But I mean, you watch those pins fly the way they did. That that was it. Just helped. That's why it took two forty to make the TV show in Anderson. Right. Think about that. Yep. Thirty six games, averaging two forty, moving pair to pair every game in that house. Yeah, so it, it, it brings impressive. up a debate then: why certain centers have good kickbacks and flat gutters, and other centers, like Pete Weber's center and the old AMF machines, I mean, you couldn't buy a pocket strike, and the scores were so there so low there and and again it brings up why are, why is there such a huge difference uh from one proprietor to another proprietor or one center to another center why isn't more it, it more regulated why is there such a scoring fluctuation phil i think just sometimes well if we were on the 44 foot billy hardwick this week like there in delaware at dave small's place in indiana and the scores might not be at that high I mean, the entry angle that these players can generate from having that extra seven, eight boards that come in from the outside for their break point, Dwight, it just lets those pins just scatter and fly and shred and uh, and bounce things around, and, and that's why the scores were a little bit higher. I mean, looking at the scores after day one in Delaware right now, there's still uh, it's still a guy averaging 240 in the lead, and there's a bunch of guys averaging over 225. But it, if you put that if you put that Viper pattern in Delaware, the way those the way the the lane surface area is such high friction, older MS synthetics. Might have guys average over 240 there too. It, so, it's more even a local, yeah. it's more of a, even a local thing why we have centers in Milwaukee that carry better than other centers. Why is that case? You know, that's the thing is why isn't it regulated more by a governing body? I and I, I know that can be a whole nother dis- discussion. Yeah. Yeah, if we had a week to, to hash that out and bring in seven different experts with seven different opinions. Yeah, but Dwight, right. I don't think. But Dwight, I don't think it's bad. I, I don't. I don't view it as a negative. And you know, I guess I'm coming at it from a different perspective. When yeah, you, when you play baseball, negative, when you play baseball, there's a home field advantage, right? You get you of course you get guys on your team that fit what your ballpark is. Uh, football, same thing. You have to model your your offense or whatever the case may be based on the, the weather that you play in or uh, the situation that you play in. So to have it be different in each center, um, I don't view that as isn't a bad thing. Bad necessarily. Yeah, yeah. It's if you bowl there a lot and others struggle and you've got it figured out, that's a huge advantage for you. If there's a tournament there or league or whatever the case may be. Now, where this leads me to is I wonder how much chatter there is from PBA bowlers to say the commissioner, Tom Clark about certain places. They don't want to bowl at because they don't get the carry or they don't like uh, the, the, you know, the reaction that they're getting on the pins of do why the heck are we coming here again? This place sucks. We never, any of us never score well here. It's always a mess. Like get us out of here, put us somewhere else. I would imagine that happens. I don't know how much it happens. Phil is smiling over there. So I'm guessing Phil knows, but I, I would have to imagine it happens, and then Tom's got to weigh the pros and the cons of whether or not to stay somewhere. And I have another direction we can look at it. Viewership. Are viewership turned away by 220 to 150 matches, or is there more excitement on viewership when right. there's a 250 to 240 match? Well, there was obviously excitement this time because there was a bunch of high scores. I think high scores do correlate to people staying and watching. It's in Look. 
in baseball, you can tell me all you want as a baseball right. purist. Oh, I like one zero games. Okay, God bless. Boring. You. You're going. You're going to be in the minority on this one. You just yeah, are. Right. A majority of people like five four games or whatever the case may be. Yeah. That's what they want. They want in to the see NBA. In the NBA, they changed the rules to the point now where these teams are averaging like 110 points a night because they realized scoring was the way. People didn't want to watch games like they were, you know, in the late 90s, early 2000s, where scores are like 85 to 79. Yeah, like right. they realized the kids did not want to watch that. They want less defense, more offense. The NFL, that is what the NFL has turned into. The days of pounding the ball and all that stuff. It's run and shoot, spread offenses, throw it all over the field, put up as many points as possible. They've taken away everything from the defensive side of the ball to make it easier for the offense. So that's how it goes. I, I, I don't think there's a question in my mind that if you turn on TV and somebody shoots a buck 57, more than likely you're like, oh, okay, moving on. And they're gonna right. they're gonna go watch something else. It, like we talked about last week. Not that it's the fault of the bowler or whatever the case may be. It happens, and these people that are turning it off would probably not even break 100 on that same pattern. But having said that, they don't understand that, nor do they care about that. They want to be entertained. They want to see how much better these guys on TV are than they are. And they're not comparing oil patterns. They're just looking at it. Oh, boy, I can't shoot that. Boy, that's really good. I can't do that. That's what the casual fan is looking at, Phil. Well, and part of it, the great thing about strike tracks on Fox, too, is that you have to see how well these guys are repeating shots. You can't yeah. see the lane pattern out there. They haven't been even the last couple of events. They haven't even projected the lane pattern out there. Beyond, but you see how these guys are repeating shot after shot after shot after shot for years. You could tell people all that you wanted, and well, I can score two twenty. I can do that too. Okay, but can you bowl on this condition and shoot two twenty under the TV lights, tattooing one board? Probably not. And I think that's helping educate these fans and help draw them in a little bit, where they see. Wow, these guys are really good, and they're doing it shot after shot after shot. Even sometimes if the pins don't fall, even sometimes you you only get a two twenty to two team match, they see where the mistakes are being made by the players because they can see it graphically on the screen. It's that's one of the best things Tom and his team ever got on TV in the last two decades is strike yeah. tracks by far because it makes it easy for the common fan to understand. Doesn't matter about what parents or not. Is he repeating shots? Here you go. No, ready and go. He missed two boards inside, and that's why it went through the nose. Right. Boom. You, you know, Phil, I'm all for technology, and I, and I keep saying that I I wish there was even more, especially when it comes to lane conditions. Instead yeah. of medium, easy, hard, you know, I'd love to see more technology in the lane conditions or talking about racials and stuff like that. Now, to, to talk about the people that we bowled against that night, this is what I heard them say, and they didn't even talk directly to me. Oh, finally, we have a great show. What an exciting show. It's not a clunker like last week. And that's what the talk was even around me. So you're right, Sparky. Uh, even the recreational fan want to see people's the bowlers score. Yeah, I mean, there's just uh, – to me, it's a no-brainer. Now, again, Tom Clark cannot control that. Uh, no. they, they, he has no control. It is what it is. You hope for a great show. You hope that your names are all on TV every week. You hope there's as many few names, uh, no names as possible. Uh, in an instance where you have a no-name show, you hope somebody breaks out and runs a table and becomes a guy, you mm -hmm. know, before it's all said and done and becomes a story for a week in, in the world of sports or whatever. But again, the PBA struggles as it is to get into the world of sports. Something either extraordinarily great has to happen 
or something horribly has to go wrong, like a guy holding on a ball and going to flying down the lane. You know, something like, like that has to happen in order yeah. to make it onto a sports talk show nowadays. Yeah. Okay, so Wilkins over Benji Martinez, 259 to 221 in match one. Match two, uh, Kyle Troop uh, takes on Zach Wilkins. And again, 279 to 254. Kyle Troop had a shot at 300 there. I mean, he he got himself off on a run uh, in that matchup. And my uh, now eight-year-old uh, was watching on. Dad, is he really going to do this? I, said, I don't know. I have no idea. Let's just yep. wait and see. Because we were watching it like an hour and a half or two hours after it was done that night, same night. So he's like, is this live? I'm like, well, it was done probably like an hour or so ago. So no, it's not live. We're just watching it now as it is. I'm like, it already happened. So, and, But again, and he came up short. But again, for a kid watching it, that was exciting. Getting to see yeah. if, if he was going to throw the 300 on TV. And man, oh, man. I mean, you got to give him credit. That was a match all the way through. That match could have been over by the sixth frame, maybe. And that thing was still a match going all the way down like the ninth frame, Phil. Well, yeah, Zach Wilkins. I mean, normally you shoot 259 on TV. Zach even talked about in Delaware this week. He goes, I win with that score 95 out of 100 times. And he's not wrong about it. And he goes, just, I threw one worse ball than Kyle did. Boom. And that was the difference. Well, he had that missed 10 pin in the second frame. Correct. But the other thing about this is, and my kid picked up on it as well, was the whole Kyle Troop reading a book thing, right? Yep. Uh, and, and getting into his book and all that on this TV show. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's funny because my kid was actually doing that at the city tournament where he had a book. He was reading that in between shots because there's so many kids. It takes forever in between shots. He was able to get your mind off of whatever your last shot was and focus or yep. whatever. And it helped him and it, it worked for him. I, and, I, you know, I used to get on Sean Rash all the time about, you know, being mentally right um, and not being too hard on yourself. Right. And uh, you got smoking hot wife, dude, what is your problem? Like life is fine, dude. It's okay. If you miss something, if you miss a shot, chill out, just you're fine. You're good to go home to her. What are you, what are you worried about? So in, and I remember, oh, I always okay. just say that I'm like, just carry a picture yeah. of her in your pocket and look at her. Right, like, I remember better, that. Yeah. I got yeah. better go. I got something better to go home to than that dude does bowling against me. I'm good. Put it back. All right, you owe that trophy. I got her. So that's the type of stuff, right? That's remember we talked about that. Yeah. Then I'm watching Kyle Troop, and he's really got stuff going on, right? Yeah. To the point of where he's reading these these mental well being books and whatever the case may be. To, to me, okay. And I don't know what Sean tried to do. So maybe Sean was trying to do stuff and we just never saw it on TV. But Kyle literally said, I don't care what I look like. I don't care how weird or dumb this may be or people make fun of me or whatever else. I know this will get my head right for my next shot. So I'm going to do this to get me right. Man, that's a to me, that's a props a million times over for Kyle Trevor going, I know this works for me and I'm going to do it and I don't care what anybody else says about it. I'm going to do this. And I give him a lot of props, Dwight, for pulling the book out and just doing it on national TV. This wasn't yeah. qualifying where, you know, five people are watching it. This was everybody was watching it, and he yes. did not care. It was more than just the book. I pulled so much more out of that show, and Phil knows probably being around him better than me. I only talked to Kyle for a few minutes at Howler House. Um, it just seems like this year there's a lot more stuff going on mentally with him, a lot more distractions. Um I don't know what's going on. Jim Callahan gave him the book. Uh, It was not just that. Uh, I've never seen Tim Mack come over to Kyle on the fill ball and try to pep him up that he needed eight. 
some, there's just more stuff going on there than just the book. Um, I don't know if he's under a lot of pressure because he's not having, he wasn't having the year last year that he had a couple of years ago, or if he's oh. got bills to pay. How, um, how, then, how rare is back to back? How rare are back to back player of the year years? I mean, that's almost impossible. Very for, rare. Right. Yeah, very I rare. mean, really, I mean, a couple of guys have done it a couple of times. So yeah. I don't think it's a matter of Kyle having any type of mental block or anything like that. I think it's just something he undertook after Jim gave him the Stress. book to just make himself better. Yeah. No. no, if you fall behind, if you fall behind mentally on tour, you're just, you're behind everybody else. You got to keep okay. building up your mental game. You got to keep getting yourself better. If you level yourself off and you stop thinking out on the tour, you're going to get run over. You're going to bowl bad. You're going to miss transitions. You're going to miss what other guys are doing that could be getting in your line and why your ball is doing this and all this other stuff. It's just a matter of you have to keep yourself mentally sharp out there and just, Jim, just to say, hey, this could help you. He could have given it to all, who knows? He could have given it to five other Storm guys, yeah, SPI guys, but who right. knows? Because those guys read it in their room instead of on TV. Correct. Uh, these guys are always doing. I mean, the statement. mental coaches they, yeah. yeah, the mental coaches these guys have, and the and the physiologists these guys have too, and, and that kind of AJ Johnson working with a sports psychologist and other guys. Yeah. They do it all the time now. They're learning that you need to do this because you're a freaking athlete, not like it was yes. 80 years ago where guys were like, okay, we're bowling 40 games a week. Yes, we're athletes. You know, yeah, we're athletes, but we're, we're just grinding it out 40 games a week. No, these guys have to be freaking athletes to throw a two-handed with 500 reps and everything else. And to pay attention to what's going on in the lane as compared to what they had to do 40 years ago. And what? that's these guys are just going above and beyond to make sure that their mental game is as, is as sharp as the physical part of it is. What about the distraction in, in the match with Troop and Kent where Troop heard that I can hear you guys talking? I, I mean, could, I, it could, I don't think that was the booth. I think I honestly think that was there's another section of bleachers in the crowd that you can't normally see. Uh, okay. I mean, uh, normally for those sets, there's one set, there's one set of bleachers on the side everybody can see, and then there's another small set for, you know, people that don't want to be in TV or people, you know, extra tickets they sell or passes, whatever. And there's, yeah, I think it was just somebody on that side of the stage, or it could have been a couple of crew members. Hey, this guy's mic is, you know, it could have been that too. You don't know. There's yeah, all that stuff that happens off but to the right side of the stage. Week, it's two weeks in a row, man. I don't think like, that was a Randy and John thing that time. Uh, well, whatever it is, like yeah. it just can't happen. You can't. Yeah. It's just a bad look for everybody, right? I mean, because people are going to make fun of him. Like, dude, shut up. Just go bowl, man. Yeah, a couple just people talking. A couple people talking shouldn't distract you. Just go throw the damn ball, right? You're going to have some of those people are going to say that. Then you're going to have other people going, man, how could you be on TV and not know to shut up when the guy's in his approach? to throw exactly. the bowling ball, know how to do your job, right? So you're right. going to have people that are going to say that. So you're going to have people that are going right. to go after Kyle. You're going to have people that are going to go after the announcers or whatever. And, and the whole time, it might not even be the announcers. It might be somebody else in the stands yeah. or whatever, like Phil was saying. Who knows? But he pinpoints them, and so now they get thrown under the bus, essentially, right. at the end of the day. And you can hear Randy Peterson just feeling absolutely horrible. I mean, he it happened last week, too. Apologized. He's like, I'm yeah. so sorry. You know, we didn't mean to do that, whatever. Yeah. And then Kyle's like, yeah, don't worry about it. You know, yeah. type deal. Well, I'm going to worry about it because you just called me out on TV yeah. and you stopped your approach because of it. Uh, and like we talked about, like they just that has to be something for next year. Somebody out there has got to be able to build them some type of mobile box or something yeah. to try and and help along uh, this deal to where they have a little bit more soundproofing uh, than they've had in the past. And I know we've done it the same way for 15 or 20 years. 
Why is it a problem now? Well, it's a problem now because it keeps happening on TV. That's why it's a problem. Now, again, you have a different play-by-play guy in there, right? You're not a bowling guy. He's a college yeah. basketball guy. So you got him in there. Where is Rob Stone, by the way? Did not they not bring Rob Stone back this year? Is that he's is that doing a lot? Of, he's doing a lot of soccer. I don't know the ins and outs on everything, but I know it kind of seems like they've tagged Fanta as the guy now to, to be with bowling. I'm sure Rob might make an appearance later in the year, or he might be in. You know, maybe Rob makes it to Portland. But yeah, I, I don't. Well, know I don't the like it. That. No, I just I'll tell you right now, I don't like it. I, and no matter who yeah. you put in there outside of Rob Stone, I'm probably not going to like it. But I definitely yeah. don't like this one. Um, but either way, so if he's going to be the guy, then everybody's got to be on the same page here uh, of yeah. how this is going to work. And as I've said before, he's got growing pains. He's got to figure yes. this out as he goes. It's learning on the job, and unfortunately on the job is in front of millions of people. And yeah. that's kind of how this whole thing is going to work, Dwight. We're spoiled by Rob Stone. I hate to say it. I'm trying to like John Fanta. I also watch how Randy interacts with him. So there, it's not the same when Randy Fanta tries with- to be funny. Peterson doesn't laugh. There's right. no give or take. Fa- Peter, I, and again, maybe these two guys get along great off TV. I'm just saying on TV, chemistry wise, don't click. There's nothing there. No, right. It don't there's click. There's, 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 I put Phil in the booth with Randy. At least I know, <laughs> uh, at least yeah. I know there'll be chemistry. Well, I said that years ago. <laughs> I just put Phil in the booth. Let Phil be no, the play by play guy. Randy no, is sidekick and let him go. No, you guys have worked together. Just oh, put yeah, Phil in the but booth. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of difference between a, a few thousand people watch us on extra frame and 485,000 on FS1. <laughs> oh, so what? Read a book. I I, okay. So it's just uh, numbers. Yeah, read yeah. a book. You'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So let, let's Sports get back to broadcasting for dummies. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you'll be fine. You've put up with me on this show. You can put up with Randy Peterson. Uh, all right, so Troop uh, beat Zach Wilkins, 279-254. Now comes Troop and Marshall Kent, the, the match we just uh, talked about. Uh, Troop defeats Marshall Kent there, 227-224. And again, uh, another situation where a close match uh, yeah. all the way down to the end. And I'd like to tell you I thought Marshall Kent was going to win this, but the entire time I kind of thought Kyle Troop was going to figure out a way to kind of get this done at the end. Where were you mentally on this one, Dwight, as the match was going on? Uh, the two shots in the left lane by Marshall Kent. Yep. Again, you know, I mean, that's two weeks in a row now, the left lane of Bill O'Neill uh, a couple weeks ago, two back-to-back left lane shots, and uh, he was completely confused on why the ball – crossed over or even took out the two pin. Um, so they weren't very good quality shots. Um, uh, that match, though, I was more uh, going to talk to you guys about the hand slap from the fan out of the crowd that hurt his thumb uh, with that rain on his hand. I was Kyle dying Troop. all week to ask you guys that. Yeah, with yeah. Kyle Troop. That dude After was a big – that was a big dude. And big I don't know if guy. He, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know if he knew that dude or he was just emotional and that dude yeah. was emotional and they just slapped five or whatever else, and that dude was wearing a ring. Yeah. And anyone that gets their hand slapped five by somebody wearing a ring, that, that, was, that will hurt. And yeah. that dude was big, like you <laughs> said. And then there was mm-hmm. the whole, I can hear my, my thumb is pulse or my heart is pulsating, pulsating in my thumb. My thumb. Yeah. Um, and then there was talk, maybe it was broken and all this other stuff that also became a huge sideshow distraction for Kyle Troop as well, Phil. Well, Kyle's dealt with that before a couple of years ago when he was having his player of the year season, he had a, he had an issue with a ring finger for a while. Yep. And he split, yeah, you know, he split the nail on it. And so he's, he's bold in pain before he's done it and he just willed, he willed his way through it. And, you don't get the you don't get the the long term injuries. It seems like for these guys on tour nowadays, it's it's something that happens. 
either short term, like a, all of a sudden you got to change your pitch, or just an accident. Yeah, I'm guessing it's not broken. I'm, I'm guessing he was he's blowing, in Delaware. He, he was he was in Delaware. He was yeah, bowling fine in practice. He bowled well during the league matches uh, yeah. Tuesday night. Uh, and he's in uh, ninth place after the first day. Yeah. So I'm guessing it's just so he's, he's fine. Yeah. If it was good. broken, he wouldn't be bowling. Right. Uh, Phil, but either way, that's a distraction. Yeah. Yeah. Phil, what was your take with uh, Tim Mack coming over on the Phil ball? Just uh, I've never seen, I've never seen yeah. that before. Usually they would give a talk from a distance, but I mean, Tim Mack came right next to him. Didn't he call a timeout to get that conversation? The, I was going to ask about the Because he yeah. wanted the ball. So, I mean, that's one of the new rules this year. Because now instead of the fine for seeing the shot clock, you get the warning, then you get zero. So to make up for the two re-racks, you also get a timeout. You know, you still have the two re-racks, but you also get a timeout that you can take for 15 seconds and do whatever with. And all Timmy was doing, Timmy knew that, you know, here you want to try this ball, that's fine, but also you still need eight pins. So, right. you know, he's just given, you know, the backup mental checklist. Hey, do this, do this, do this, and and make sure you get the eight. And he, and he, and he flushed the shot pretty well, so – no, it's just it's just the ball rep being the ball rep. It's just being that backup set of eyes and ears and and a, and a backup brain as well on occasion. Yeah. I have nothing against it. I just never seen it. Yeah. And where he, he he walked right onto the the scene yeah. right next to him and said, you know, you, okay, you need eight, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Make a good shot. Pep talk. I call it. You know, usually those guys are off in a distance. But then I went back. Isn't Tim Mack on the same Portland Lumberjacks with mm-hmm. Kyle Troop? Yeah, he's the manager. Yeah, yeah, manager. So. Right. That that role almost seemed like it took place where he, he was almost in that role of um, a manager of the Portland tri- uh, team. It's it, it's not Lumberjack that much. Team. Yeah, it's not that much difference for these ball reps, whether they're whether it's for an individual or whether it's for five or six guys at the same time. Um, yeah. I did a piece with uh, with Tim Mack a couple of weeks ago uh, in Springfield, the open mic where he was going not just to his. Storm players like Troop and West Millant. He was also checking in on Tom Smallwood because they had a league match that night after right after the practice session was done. So it's it, it's 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 not that much different being the team manager for Portland than it is for Tim Mack to be a ball rep for anybody under the Storm or 900 Global or, or Roto Grip brands. It, it doesn't the, change much. He's one of the most intense guys out there. I, I think Jim Callahan is really laid back. Some of the uh, Eric. Oh, you haven't seen Jimmy. You haven't seen the ball. You haven't seen the big the big dog come out with Jimmy when he wants to get a point across. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. Everybody's their own. Everybody's their own guy. I mean, I did an open mic this week with uh, Tim Grunler uh, for the PTQ. That's if it's not out now on the PBA YouTube page, it'll be out tomorrow. And he, his favorite rep from Storm is uh, Eric Krause. But. Yeah. He'll work with Timmy. He'll work with Rob Gotchel. He'll work with – I mean, everybody's just got their own little ins and outs and favorites and the way they talk to certain guys and that type of thing. It's and – they're, and they're all looking for the same objective in the end. Get that guy in the winner's circle. So right. whether it's, it's Kyle listening to Timmy or Kyle taking some advice from Jim about the mental game, and it's all – they're all working together. I mean, these guys all have the same goal. They just have different ways and different paths to get to the goal. So is there only then one timeout per game? Correct. Okay. Two re-racks and one, and one 15-second timeout. Okay, because I heard troops say timeout twice. Yeah. It must well, have been I don't think they games, caught so. him the first time because they have to stop the shot clock. So okay. he probably still saw it running, and he timeout, and they saw timeout, and you know, all of a sudden that's when they stopped the shot clock. So. Yeah, I had no yeah. idea that they instituted that this year. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's been the rule all season. 
So okay. they've talked about it a couple of times. I know Randy's talked about it a couple of times on shows. All right, let's talk about the championship match. Kyle Troop gets the number one seat, EJ Tackett. Uh, and again, this is in Indiana, folks. This is home turf. Uh, so it's Kyle Troop, 228, EJ Tackett, 213 in this match. And this was another one coming in where in this one I was like, all right, dude, look. Now, it's not, you got to finish. We got to finish this one. You've been on TD all damn year. Now, finish this one. This is at home. You want to know what happened to me? I'll tell you what happened to me. I told you I recorded it and I was watching it. Yep. Got to ninth frame and the recording stopped. That was the end of oh, it. Oh, no. Never saw the ninth frame. Never saw the tenth frame. My kid <laughs> oh, went no. crazy. Great. Now we'll never know who won. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh, man. And. <laughs> Kay was just heartbroken. She's like, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. I was like, that's great. She goes, you probably should put a 30-minute extension on these recordings for the series. Otherwise, you're going to get screwed again at some point when you really don't know what's going to happen. And and actually, Fox has been really good this year with getting the replays of the PBA shows. Last year, it was taking them like a week. It's like within hours now that it's on there. So if it happens again to you, Spark, Look for uh, look for Fox Sports on YouTube because they've been really good on getting those PBA, sh- PBA shows out there in a hurry. Yeah, I just went to I see had what several happened. Several fans comment about that. The same. Oh, thing it happened, happened to, to them. them too. Yeah, same thing happened to them. But then they went on YouTube and because they watched it like the next day and they found the show on YouTube. So yeah, I mean, you have the option, or at least I do with DirecTV, to have the thirty minute extension when you record a series or a show for the right. NFL. If, like I record Packer games, I always put the thirty minute extension on. Yeah. Yeah. When I record Packer games. So I just need to do it for the PBA tour and I would have yeah. been able to see it. Uh, so your thoughts uh, on the championship match, Phil? EJ just didn't have the look he had earlier in the week. And he, he knew he was getting into it with Kyle. You got a guy, you know, a couple of matches in. And uh, Kyle's always had a pretty good record on TV. I believe they said it was three and one against EJ coming into that match. And if you don't make that right read after four practice shots in each lane, you can get yourself in a bit of trouble. And, and EJ got himself in a bit of trouble and couldn't make it, couldn't make it back up. Pretty Dwight, simple. your thoughts? Uh, I was at the bowling alley. We had no audio. Um, we were all puzzled why his ball didn't finish. Uh, I think it was in the ninth frame where he left a two four eight. Um, then I played the show back at home, had the volume turned up pretty loud. And I guess you'd have to listen to it real close because EJ was pretty confused why it didn't finish. But about 15, 20, about 20, 25 feet down the lane, I heard his ball thump. And when a ball thumps, and I know those guys with the high rev rates track real close to the gripping holes, especially the no thumbers. And sometimes they catch that middle edge of the middle finger uh, with their track. That's going to send the ball microscopically airborne. And there could be a reason why the ball didn't finish. Um, so when you play that back and listen real close uh, to about 20, 20 feet down the lane, you hear a real fast boom, boom. Uh, so, and that could explain why it didn't finish and he left the two four eight. I don't understand what happened with the miss, though. Uh, that's the, that was the one that everyone's jaws were dropping at the bowling alley. With that much on the line that you only take out the eight pin. Um, so it's like the ball really caught a lot of carry down oil. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that whole match was the ninth frame. Who does that? Who sits at home and turns up their TV that loud <laughs> to hear if they can hear what happened with the ball in the lane and why a ball didn't move. I never in my life have I ever done that in my entire life. 
going over. Never, never, ever. Phil Brylow, have you I just ever heard done it? This? No. No, he's never done it either. No. I just happened to hear it. Yeah, you're on it. You are on it, man. See? Yeah. Everybody should hire Dwight to be their coach. He's <laughs> on this crap, man. Don't mess with Dwight. Uh, so either way, uh, Tackett loses again. Kyle Troop wins the thing. Uh, and again, I told you my recording shut off. Uh, but then I see a picture of Troop wearing sunglasses yeah. uh, for the winning picture. Was that a Pete Weber tribute? Is that what that was? Or it was just him putting on sunglasses trying to be funny? His dad wore Guppy had him on TV all the time back in the day. He had oh, it was a tinted, Guppy thing. Yeah, it was a Guppy thing. That's cool. And I like one of that. his and one and one of Kyle's sponsors is Ray's Eyewear. Uh, yeah. They also sponsor Sean Rash and a couple other guys. So you know, thanks Ray's and put the sunglasses on for the fill ball when it didn't matter. Yeah, so you know, a little tribute to Dad. A little, a little a little shout out to the sponsor. And Never it's great. Thing. Because that still shot then is on social media and everybody mm-hmm. sees it, and you yeah. get people talking again. Crazy suit, crazy outfit, wearing sunglasses, big hair. Like, oh, like who the hell is that? And he won. Like he's that good. I mean, again, it just all of that stuff all works. And even though yes. everybody may not realize it, but it may get somebody to turn on bowling because they saw that picture of him wearing right. sunglasses. It it really is just that easy sometimes. All right, that'll do it for the Spare Time Bowling Show. We already get to PBA Elite League. Uh, we're out of time. But I do want to do one <laughs> we other We talk about thing. that next week, yeah. Yeah, whatever. It's not going anywhere. Uh, hell, they don't play the championship till, uh, championship till September. Right. We're talking about it in July. Right. Uh, uh, Phil, I, I want to quickly uh, get one thing from you. Delaware, uh, you said there's some cool stuff going on out there. You just got back. So tell us about the new stuff in Delaware. Yeah, Mid-County Lanes in Delaware, they're the hosts this week uh, for the Delaware Classic. First time they've had a TV show for a PBA title come out of there. Uh, that's where Anthony Simonson won with a backup ball a few years back yep. uh, when it was the extra frame tour they were part of uh, with the PBA. And uh, just a lot of history there. And you walk in the door and it just there's monitors everywhere showing all these old uh, winners of the, of, of the Delaware Classic. And... Uh, PBA League, they had all the league logos up on the screens for the guys, and you knew it was bowling, and the fans were out there in full. They had a full house pro-am, all 32 lanes just packed on uh, Monday night, and it, the, the excitement's there in Delaware, and they've really embraced the PBA at Mid-County Lanes. It's really cool to see, and uh, the only other thing is that, you know, watch the waiver wire starting March 4th for PBA League. Uh, there were some chatters going on between team captains and managers and stuff after the league session got done Tuesday night. And I, I think we might see a trade or a waiver wire uh, pick up. Zach Wilkins, who made the show uh, this last week in Indiana, uh, the New Jersey Kingpins were short two players. Kyle Sherman with an injury. Chris Barnes was out uh, with some personal stuff. And uh, they were only had four players, so the guy they picked up, Zach Wilkins, and they weren't scared to use him at all. They threw him right in the anchor spot. Damn. For their match. Yeah, I was goofing around with CDB in an interview before for league going, so you picked up Zach, he's going to be in the anchor spot. She's like laughing, eh, and all of a sudden I'm watching. That's well, a fifth frame. Here comes Zach. Oh, I guess, uh, sorry I put that idea in uh, CDB's head there, Zach, but not the frying pan and the fire. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if we can talk a little bit more about league next week, but I think we might be uh, – we can be talking about a trade or two or a waiver wire pickup uh, next week when we chat. That helps. That always helps. Now, and again, yeah. when when this happens, right when you when you get that trade, mm-hmm. pull it up on social media. Yeah. Have a little red alarm buttons going on Twitter right. and the whole yeah. thing, and blow the damn thing up, and then get yeah. somebody whoever is out there 
uh, at that point when it goes down or whoever's with these guys to do a quick interview and throw up some video up on the PBA Instagram and Twitter pages of what they yep. think of the trade and so forth and all that. And yeah. away you go. That's, yeah, just play it up just like they would if it was the NFL or the NBA or MLB or Right. Whatever the case may be. Phil Bridal, follow him on Twitter at Bruce City Bowling. Follow Dwight Albrecht uh, over there at the Spare Time Pro Shop at New Berlin Bowl at Dewey 300. You can follow me at Sparky Radio over there at 1250 amthefan.com. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good one. Toodles.